0: Sixty-two on a summer's afternoon. At took the bus to Banbury, and she was heavy laden. The way we went to Lancollombe Street, that's on the road to bleed. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 55. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. You can follow me on the Twitters at NUFC underscore Greg. Happy Game of Thrones, happy Newcastle United three points, and happy Monday to the best damn co hosts in the land. The other half of the only black and white podcast in Newcastle history, Elijah Newsom.
2: Yeah, uh, excited to be here. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. At Elijah underscore Newsome. Uh, Greg, I got a fun fact for you. Oh. Um, yeah, it, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's April 15th, 10.09 p.m., and Ben Simmons still has not uh, made an NBA three-pointer just in his career. Well, that's so that's just, not true. Yes, it is. He's made, like, three half-court shots. So. I'm literally <laughs> having it up on Basketball Reference right now. Literally uh. says... Three point field goals. Well,
1: it's also seven oh nine p.m. Pacific Standard Time on April fifteenth, twenty nineteen, and Sunderland still play in the third division of English football.
2: That's fair. Yeah.
1: So that's That's fair. That's another stat. Another stat for you. Um. Yo. We both said that they would lose by an aggregate score of five goals. We did to nothing, and they didn't. They won. Yeah. One to nothing, that was awesome.
2: It's true. Um, the moral of the story is we should just start picking Newcastle to lose more often because yeah. don't forget we also picked them to get hammered by Man City, and that didn't happen either. Yeah, but th-
1: I mean, so did everyone.
2: Yes, I'm, I'm okay. I'd be hard pressed to find people who legitimately didn't pick. Uh, like I feel like even in our poll, the people picked us to lose because it was an away match, and Leicester had won four out of their yeah. last five. So, like, I feel like this was another situation where I don't think many people expected Newcastle to win. Uh, I agree. and I mean, but I was just saying, purely from our record standpoint, like, we said Man City would destroy Newcastle, and we beat them. Yeah. And we also said Leicester (laughs) would destroy Newcastle, and we beat them. So, uh, go us.
1: What's your three-word match review of our win against Leicester?
2: Um... Uh oh, that's you're putting me on the spot because actually I don't know. We are safe. That's, yeah, there. Huh? We are safe. I don't know if we are safe is the one I'd go with. No, I'd probably go with uh safe we are.
1: Oh yeah, makes, yeah, makes makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> yo, we dropped a podcast.
2: Yeah, we didn't tell anyone either. Yeah, we we kind of we kind of
1: just, just did
2: it. Uh, we
1: interviewed Mark Douglas. Follow him at MSI Douglas. It was pretty good. It was, I mean, if I do say so myself, it's a great podcast. Um, Hour and a half. We talked all things Newcastle. Some great points in there, and it's already the most downloaded podcast we've ever had. So that's a that's a little nugget for you. Yeah. Um, So enjoy that more. And if you did like it, give us a five star review. We have twenty, and I wanted twenty five by Friday, and, and that didn't happen. So one of you. Thank you so much. The one person that actually went and gave us a five-star review. Uh, If you guys could help out, please do that wherever you listen. Um, Apple Podcasts is the one I look at when I say 20. Um, So please help us out there.
2: We'd really appreciate it. And and can confirm, you do not need an Apple account to leave a five-star review. Oh, yeah. you 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 do not. You can just do it. Yep. You don't even need iTunes. Just type in Apple Podcasts. Yep definitely so. true you do not need
1: an account yeah. it takes literally how many seconds does it take actually i don't know eight that's what i'm thinking okay okay it like it does not take long at all so yeah, really i really think that it out if, if
2: we don't get the 25 five-star reviews before ben simmons makes an nba three-pointer we failed podcast. <laughs> okay just throwing that one out yeah there. yeah
1: oh man all right so uh yeah check that out the, uh, the first thing that i want to talk to talk about is the Rafa interview post match of the Leicester match. Now you watch that, right? Do you see the
2: whole thing? Yes. Yeah. A lot of good nuggets in there. Rafa is
1: is jockeying for position in this interview. But the one thing that I didn't I guess we can talk about a well, little you you can bring in your points. The first point I want to bring up in to talk about is I feel like it got no coverage at all, but I was shocked like Rafa just admitted that our entire budget last year was 17 million pounds. What? Like, I mean, we all knew it's low. So I guess not everybody, everybody's not surprised, but this is a billionaire, like a, a billionaire who's making profit off this club, who gave the best manager in the world, 17 mil to operate a premier league club. Like that is, that's mind boggling. (laughs) And like, and like Rafa said it he's like we're competing against Manchester United and our budget 17 mil like what
2: i i feel like that that i feel like i don't know i feel like when i hear that quote i guess i guess part of it was my first instinct was to initially think like that the that him saying that is like all right well man united's going to spend like you know, upwards of fifty mil on a player. We're not going to go past seventeen mil. It's kind of what I kind of interpret that as.
1: No, but he he explained it immediately after. He said seventeen mil, and are like, and then the guy uh, I can't remember who asked, but said your net profit. He goes, no, our budget for the whole season. <laughs> like it, that was Rafa's direct quote. Like no, yeah, that's I know. not our and net I profit. Still
2: think, <laughs> I still think it's like a, almost lost in translation. I I don't think so. Because we spent more than seventeen.
1: Yeah, mil. but. Also, Rafa's threatening to leave,
2: and they were talking about this summer, like this past summer. Yeah, where we spent more than seventeen million pounds. I mean, what did we? How we spent Muto, share, share was three, Muto was eleven. Okay, and then Fernandez,
1: who was eight. So we spent. So we went two over.
2: Yes. So I'm just saying that is so it's not true though. Okay, well maybe like if it's your if your budget is 17 million pounds, then that means that you will not exceed 17 million pounds. Yes, I think I understand that, but player. that's
1: also negotiable. So I, I, think I definitely think Rafa's. I don't think it's a loss in translation thing. I don't know. And remember, like that was a deadline day deal, the Fernandez one, and it's true. I bet you Rafa was like, I mean, do you want me to stay here or not? <laughs> and Dream. they just got got it done. So, I don't know. Um, do you have anything that you want to talk about about that? I think there's a lot of points to take, but if you have anything that really stuck out yeah, for you. Yeah,
2: I mean, Mark kind of touched on it, the uh, Iose Perez consistency thing. I want to see if that actually affects uh, Iose's gameplay. Oh, and I'm I sure Rafa's that, told him. I mean, I'm sure Rafa's told him, but I think – the pub, like, Iose is someone who, like, reacts to things publicly. Like, whether it be good or bad, he, re, like, his, his, I think that his play does dictate, like, it, it does, it is largely influenced by public perception and public comments made about him. Yeah. Like, I think that you saw, you like, you saw him this season and last season go on, Insane runs to form. And this season, not even really. He had, like, two good games and un- just so happened to have, like, his best game of the season in the midst of a ton of, like, uh, controversy. But it's, like, after fans ridiculed him the entire season, publicly call him out, tweeting out him, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's becoming a talking point in terms of, like, The Chronicle or, or other, you know, actual newspapers about, like, you know, Iose Perez's play. Like, what is he contributing, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, then he starts to perform better. Um, this season was more of like, uh, more of the same. And I don't know. I just think that. And then like, and, and then he once he got the the praise, he just kind of like fell off the face of the earth. It was kind of like, all right, well, I proved my point. And then he just went back to being of the So I don't know. I think that like this public calling out like on national television by his manager is going to have some sort of effect on him mentally. I I would hope. We'll see. Yeah. If the if if he continues the trend, then it will maybe we can see him attempt to put in an extra shift over the next four matches. Will it result in actual like goals and assists from Iose? I don't know. Yeah, but and and the quote
1: referencing if you, if you didn't see the interview, he said that. Maybe like they were talking about the inconsistencies of Perez, and Rafa said, "Yeah, that's why that's why he's gotten most of the slack that he's gotten. Maybe if he was more consistent, he'd be played by for Man City by now." So maybe yeah, if he performed like he did this past week, every week, then probably yeah, (laughs) because he was good. Uh, All right, next thing, Jose Enrique. True, Uh, like really awesome news. Yeah, good. Want to give the people some insight on that? On that?
2: Well, he had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. It was removed mm-hmm. successfully. I feel like that's all we have to say. I mean, that in itself is great. Yeah, congrats to him. Um, yeah, it's it's good to see uh, the number of fans uh, reaching out and supporting him throughout the whole process. Newcastle fans really are the best. Like you can see a ton of of stories and stuff about fan support, um, especially this season with former players going through medical issues. Newcastle fans have really kind of stepped up and either, uh, there was a GoFundMe created. There was, uh, there's just countless ways of support on social media, uh, just for a bunch of former players. Um, and then Jose Enrique is no exception. So good, good for them. Good, good for everyone else.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we still usually, you know, unfortunately I've, I've been, most of us have been, or know somebody who had to fight with cancer. The battle's not old, not won once you hear the good news. There's still some checkups and things that you have to do to make sure that it doesn't come back. So we just hope that everything stays good for for Mr. Enrique and family and nothing um, but the best. Um, next bit the U23s got smacked today 5 0 to Manchester United. They're still in a promotion playoff spot, but. Them getting the automatic spot is probably not going to happen now. Uh, just a few more games left there. We will keep you updated. And let's get into the BS meter.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to actually get into it? Oh, get into <laughs> it. Um. So, <laughs> uh, this is just coming from, uh, I guess it was kind of making its run on social media. Um, the Chronicle also... Uh, They put out a story on it, Um, but basically, um, jeez, jeez, I just lost the story. Okay, well, that was a fail. Yeah, a a bit.
1: Um, This break is brought to you by,
2: (laughs) you got it? Yeah, Okay. All right, sorry, we've we've returned. I couldn't find the journalist name, Darren Lewis. There we go. Darren Lewis said that basically, uh, he was giving people. They were asking him. It's on Sky, and they were asking him um, about a bunch of different uh, managers in terms of like managers kind of on the hot seat, which is I guess an American term. Uh, so they were talking about Everton, West Ham, blah blah, blah. Um, and he said. Uh, basically, I think Benitez will go to a big club. I think he'll go to Fulham, um, <laughs> and I just, I, I don't, I don't get it for a lot of reasons. It's just somebody uh, who's one, so
1: unfamiliar with everything.
2: I just, I mean, Fulham just aren't a bigger club. They're they're in a relic- Where, They are already relevant. Is relegated. this guy American? No. He's he's a journalist for the Mirror. So I just I, is he from Fulham? Probably. <laughs> I, mean, it, ugh, I mean, I mean, I feel I'm like sorry. it was 80. it wasn't Sky. It was TalkSport. So there, you can already take it with a grain oh, of salt. Jesus, but but yeah. So I mean, I'm just calling just a load of BS on that. Just for like you haven't done you obviously just don't understand your research. And I guess his point was that Fulham are are more ambitious than Newcastle in the sense that like yes, they spent a lot of money. But they spent it wrong. I don't, I don't understand how that would make Rafa want to, to go to Fulham because I feel like with the way Fulham spent their money, it kind of made it clear that like their manager didn't have much say in the types of players they brought in. I think there was a couple players, Alfie Mawson and Mitrovic, I think were like kind of the couple where the manager like was really vying for those players and then kind of retaining Tom Kearney. But I think everyone else was more of like, the the cons using their uh, their analytics to just try to find players and plug them in and it just didn't work and it resulted in the manager that got them there in the first place who had his own system and his own players that worked well um, getting fired and then you yeah it's just I don't I don't understand how that is gonna that how that is attractive to a different manager especially Rafa Benitez
1: yeah uh, so you're asking me the BS meter. Yeah. There is no amount that I can think of that would be applicable in this situation. Yeah. Like no amount is applicable to the amount of BS that I'm sensing from this story.
2: Like he he pulled that one out of his butt. (laughs) That is yeah. That I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, what's up next?
1: Uh our other segment, bring it back for round two. Oh. Where in the world?
2: Okay. All right. So uh Let's see. Do how, do you want me to give you the player's current club, and then you just guess? I'll give you the year they played, position oh, they played. Oh man, that's even harder. And then you can. Oh, I know. And then you just guess. I'll give you. I'll give you like a bunch of a bunch of details. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, this is from the twenty fourteen Newcastle team. All right. Uh, so decent team, uh, mid table team, I guess. Uh, this player's French. Played as a wing, can play as a winger or an attacking midfielder. Okay. Um, currently is playing in Turkey in the Superliga. Liga. Um, is currently thirty years old. Is it Johan Kabay? That's a good guess, but kind of they similar in the sense of like yeah that era. Huh. All
1: right. Is it Oh man. Is it Remy Cabella? No. <laughs> uh oh, you go. You get one more guess. Okay. Midfielder. Can I get another hint?
2: Uh, can you, he no what? little uh, Do you want? Oh, he he's He's a light-skinned fellow with freckles. <laughs> I've not Loke Remy. No, I have no idea. Loke <laughs> Remy's not a light-skinned fellow with freckles. Gabriel Overtone. Oh my gosh! He's yeah. still alive. He is, oh. and surprisingly, he's only thirty years old. What? So we could get him back into the team. <laughs> if you're gonna pay well. I Odeyame honestly forgot one.
1: he existed.
2: Yeah. Wow. So, uh, a good one there. Meaning for- for good reason, uh, um, let, let's let's check in and see uh, let's see how he's doing. So um, this season he started uh, he started it up he started things off with Levski Sofia. Uh, after a brief stint with Wigan, he was uh, he was sold to Levski Sofia in 2017 in the summer window, um, and then in the, this past winter he went from wherever Levski Sofia is to. Uh, Jeez, this is going to be a nightmare to BB Urzimspor uh, in the Superliga. Um, so yeah, that that's good for him um, really in the Parva Liga, which was the league he was in before. Uh, which I want to see where that is. Um, he had twenty appearances. Uh, looks like one goal, seven assists. Um, right now in the Turk in the Turkish league, he has nine appearances and one goal. He's played seven hundred thirty-seven minutes. Um, this season, he's been deployed as left wing, right wing, secondary striker. Um, but yeah, yeah. He was like so a starlet go. at
1: Man United, right? Was, yeah.
2: yeah. And you're talking, oh, Crazy. Parva Liga is Bulgaria. So he was playing in Bulgaria for a year. The prestigious. And then got picked up top. Yeah, really. Their total, the league's total market value, Greg, is 167 US like US. Hundred sixty seven million US dollars. Wow. It's amazing that they could afford such a player. I mean, that's <laughs> actually insane. The entire league's value is like yeah. less than like, like an NBA team. <laughs> like the worst like the the Charlotte Hornets. Less than the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah.
1: Like Virgil van Dyke is cost
2: half the teams. <laughs> that's insane. That wow. So yeah. there you go. Um We All had right. a rocky start. To, to that one, but it we, we got there. Yeah, we got there.
1: I'm 0 for 2 on your where in the world, so... Uh,
2: Dude, it, I mean, because it. it's actually, it's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we are going to transition into the match, but first a little message from our friends. Okay, so we are going to talk about our glorious win against Leicester City. It was a lovely one, and it it was similar in the fact of, like, possession. Like Lester had like 72% possession, I think, was the final numbers. But we really did our thing. Like, when we had the ball, we created chances. And that's, that's the beauty of the three-in-the-back system, the tactical awareness, drama. like, just implementing his style and the way he wants things to go to his players. But I think this was, like, the masterclass of that. Um, so you really have to give him credit. Uh, let's start with some three words before we really get into everything here.
2: Um, Elijah gave his, what, what was it again? Huh? Uh, safe we are. That's right. <laughs> yeah, say, safe we are. That's, uh, that's my three words. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. If you don't like it, uh, I don't, I don't actually know any, anything, what you could do. Uh, just yeah. cry. I don't cry. Know. Yeah. yeah. So
1: one lost muffin, what's up? Says Rafa, please stay. We all agree with that. Uh, Matthew Rawson uh, at Ralph. Pass. Huh? Pass. <laughs> Rafa, at, please leave. Oh, no. No, no stay forever. At oh, Rawson shit. in America says win without Yedlin. That's true. Um, <laughs> at Trevor Mooney 12,
2: can you guess what he said? Um, it probably was. Jose <laughs> is good.
1: <laughs> the opposite, he said. Iose okay. is still shite in all caps. Okay, keeping the tradition. Uh, George W. Cush. That's <laughs> a that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. At Shane Maudlin ten says we are safe. I agree. And then Jackie, representing from the Toon Army America meetup, at, you can find her at at CU Buffs Girl two thousand nine. Says beautiful hair wins. Okay. It does. Um, Shola's right peg (laughs) at Shola's right peg says Iose Perez Gutierrez. (laughs)
2: That's yeah, I mean uh, don't gas him that much, All right. (laughs) Gutierrez is a club legend. Like that's that, yeah. Iose hasn't beaten cancer and saved us from relegation. It's just
1: three words. You know, it's it's all banter at the end of the day.
2: Uh, I guess. (laughs) The three words should have just been Shola's right peg. That would have been, that was, that's the guy's name. That was the joke there. All right. We'll just keep moving. <laughs> then.
1: I, I wish like I have a, like, I wish we had a producer and we could just throw crickets in right there.
2: Yeah. That would have been great. And, oh, and a, and a farting noise before the BS meter. Yeah. Yeah. We just
1: get all these fun sound effects. <laughs> all
2: right. So, uh,
1: lineups, let's
2: talk about that.
1: Um, I I think there was a surprise in this. So I'll I'll give the starting lineups. And then if you wouldn't mind discussing your thoughts on it. So Newcastle came out, as we mentioned, they ran their three back formation, but you had Dubravka, Manquio, Cher, Lascelles, Dummit, Richie, Perez on the right, uh, Almiron on the left, and then Hayden and Key in the middle. And then Rondon as the sole forward.
2: Thoughts. Um, I guess my initial thought um I think I was surprised to see uh us retain the the uh, the key Hayden pairing. Not because it doesn't work, it just I mean, it obviously worked against Lester, but I just didn't see the like I didn't see the value of like keeping it if that makes sense. Like it wasn't doing anything to like spectacular. So I was like, hey, why not switch it up kind of thing. It wasn't like the whole long staff Hayden thing where I was like, all right, each week you can see that this is the dynamic midfield pairing that's actually contributing to the flow of the game. Um, so I guess that was honestly my only shock. I wasn't really surprised to see Manquillo get the nod over Yedlin uh, because of all the reasons that you could, you could possibly imagine. He had a bad match. The last match. Uh, I mean, obviously, he created he created a couple chances, but when you end on a red, that's going to stick in people's head. Oh, on a pen. Uh, Copyright, copywritten. No one take that. He didn't no end one on, on that. a red. I, well, I, <laughs> it was a pen. But it just like it. It just makes sense. It was a good. It was a good. It was a, <laughs> it good, was a good rhyme. <laughs> it was a good rhyme. I just I wanted to rhyme something, and I just thought of red. Yeah. yeah. And I knew it wasn't true, but I just wanted okay. to. I just wanted to get it out there and let people know I was the first person to say it. So if you hear any pundits saying it, quote, please quote at Elijah underscore News. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. perfect.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, match started, and it was, it was immediate chance for Newcastle. Uh, it was it was across from Key actually, curled it in. Lascelles beat everybody, got the ups, but his header went into the ground and straight at Schmeichel. So that I mean that was a really good opportunity there. Usually, I mean, it, it's it's those headers really are tough because like if you get a clear shot on the ball with your head, you should put it in the back of the net. But at the same time, like you you also don't know where the keeper is because obviously your attention, your eyes, everything is focused on making the right contact with the ball. But I don't know. I always get really bumped out when I see a clear header like that, not go in. And it was smart. He put it to the ground. That's very challenging, but it just went right to him. <laughs> um, and then from there, like, Newcastle was doing fine it they but Leicester had controlled the possession and then again an, another play 15th minute i thought for sure this would be the goal uh, it was Rondón he's curled an absolute bomb of a free kick and it hits like the top corner of the bar and bounces straight down not in Yo, what did you Rondón is really good at free kicks spoiler alert
2: yeah um uh, I, it's, it's actually, it's really interesting. I think, I'm pretty sure this was a sky graphic, um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and it was, it was confirmed. Rondon and Aguero tied for top of the league and hitting the woodwork this season. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. But each have, each hit it, uh, actually, yeah, each hit it, each has hit it six times. That's a great stat. Um,
1: I, I did not have that stat.
2: And I think chabi Alonso as well is, is on that list. But uh, the, the Sky graphic showed, like, Rondon um, with six. But uh, And I think that was at the time of the match. I actually have no idea if Aguero hit the woodwork over the weekend. He might have. I mean, the guy takes a billion shots a game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was just like, I, I think that was one of the moments where I think, like, I felt Newcastle um, were threatening in the sense that, like, I was like, all right. We could actually score in this game. We've defended pretty well. Um, you could tell Lester was pretty frustrated. Um, like, I'm pretty sure it was Ben Chilwell who was who was getting, like, moans and groans from the fans because he was just, like, running up the pitch and, like, trying to be attacking but just, like, giving the ball away once he got swarmed uh, by the back five. Um, so, it, I don't know. It was just interesting. Uh, I think that was just one of the moments for me that kind of was like, okay, all right. If we can if we can get some more set pieces or we can get something like I think we can actually walk away with a win and I think we could actually you know worst case scenario draw I just didn't think we were gonna concede.
1: yeah and and the biggest thing from our, our preview we said like just the, the set pieces are, are the biggest scare for us like if we let Lester get a bunch of free shots then or like free set pieces then they're gonna score on one of them because they're just really good at that. And especially mm-hmm. recently with Brendan Rodgers, uh, they've definitely put a few of those in the back of the net. So every one of those, I was nervous. I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. But then the good thing happened. Like, And and to, to get it, so we've talked about two chances already. And like Leicester's dominating possession. They're completely controlling the entire match. But we had two chances within 15 minutes and then the goal 30 minutes in. And, and before that, it was like a really ambitious play by Rondon that set kind of set this up and we just pressed and it was an absolute stunner like um it's it all started with almeron almeron was trying to dribble through two defenders and split them and the second defender came in and won the ball or, or deflect the ball out which richie it deflected right out to richie richie ran it down the left hand side put a beautiful cross in right at west morgan and he he didn't think I, there's just lack of awareness on morgan's part Iose, like, perfect run to the ball. Cut right across massive linebacker-sized West Morgan. And does his beautiful header. Flicks it on behind him. Back corner. Goalie wasn't there. Nobody was saving that. And it's one nothing. And, I, I mean, I stood up out of my chair. I was like, I was freaking out. And I'm in the middle of a work day. <laughs> I worked from home that day on purpose. Um, oh, one nothing Newcastle. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, it was an amazing yeah. run and an amazing header by Prest.
2: Yeah, and the cross and was, was beautiful. <laughs> patented flick on, um, I mean, it, it's. Th- I think this game was a big middle finger to Mike Ashley, um, because Rondon played exceptionally well, and then you had the Rafa interview, um, and it was just, just like I don't know how you don't, like at least try to negotiate something, to <laughs> to to try to retain Rondon. I just I just I have no idea why you don't. Yeah. Especially in, in today's market where it's like, all right, well you can have a surefire potentially and like it's very likely Rondon can get to ten goals but surefire double digit goal score if given the right pieces and the right tactics, or you could take a flyer and spend upwards of forty million pounds on a guy who may or may not work, or you know, ideally you could do both, but Rondon's just really showing his worth. I mean, his hold up plays amazing, his 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 awareness on counters is amazing, and and it plays well with with Newcastle style how they currently play, and his delivery is 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 solid, especially for a striker. It's stuff that like, you know, we didn't really see from Mitro. You know, yeah, yeah, you can see the all.
1: difference in what in what Rafa was was wanting. So, um, it right from that, oh, so here's a quick stat on Perez. So Perez, uh, actually, Opto Joe uh, put this out, but. Perez had been directly involved in four of Newcastle's last six goals in the Premier League. Has three goals and one one assist, and he scored in three of their last five goals. So I mean, the the guy's on fire right now, and and nobody, not even myself, cannot admit it. <laughs> so um, and I've I'm I'm I will always criticize him, and I always call him out when he's done something well. And here we are saying I'm saying on air. With you all as my witness, that Perez is playing really, really well. So there you go. I got that off my shoulders. And the nope, not true. And, Fake. News. And the ban is still in place. So I haven't slated him on the podcast. It, that's true. <laughs> um, so immediately after that, now this is when this is when things change in a different light. Every time we got the ball after this first goal, Miguel Almiron was a man possessed. <laughs> it was pretty awesome to watch. So Lester, after the goal, they were in shock because they're controlling everything, but all the chances are going Newcastle's way. Well, Amran got the ball again, drove up, forced it a pretty low sh- save from Schmeichel. It was like a tight angle. I mean, it was a good save by Schmeichel. Like, not many yeah. goalies would have probably predicted that a player was going to shoot it there, and Schmeichel was on it. It's like, the guy can't get a goal, but from that shot, like... Every time we even touched the ball, if it was for a millisecond, Almirón was like signaling, like "Give it, give me the ball. I'm going to do this." So, and to be fair, I he did it.
2: make he made a couple runs before that. Um, there was one, I believe, that was like just a miscommunication. Like there was one run he made, and like Matt Ritchie's ball was just like nowhere near him. It was like because I remember that specific because I was like, "Oh, Matt Ritchie's is passing the ball to Almirón," it was just like not a good ball. But like you're right, after that first goal, it's just like all out, just Al Maroon was just like, all right, I'm getting a goal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I'm getting a goal. And that was kind of how his Atlanta United career started as well. Um, back when I talked to Eric Quintanara, uh, he was saying, he was saying, like, that's something that um has done at different clubs where, like, initially in the beginning, like, he's going to want to... Especially if he's not used to the team, he's gonna to want to try to do everything himself and really, really aggressively try to try to score goals. And I was surprised that Almaroon hadn't done it yet, but this was the match where I was like, "Yep, I remember him doing this in Atlanta, yeah. just like just skying shots, just 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 shooting as much as he could from anywhere, even if it didn't make any sense." This just this was the first match that
1: I saw that I felt the same as what he did against Huddersfield. Like I, I, I didn't think there was a player on Lester's side that could stop him. Um, he, he stretched them out, insane. Actually, yeah, Mark even mentioned this. Like, stretch out the defense. He was in the corners, on on the end lines in the middle. He was just demanding the ball. Like they had no idea what to do with him. They had no and, game plan and to and stop him.
2: Exactly, and you have to couple that with the fact with of like you had like their fullbacks had to get forward in order to provide support um, for like like you know, in order to kind of attack the back five because Newcastle were sitting so deep. So just like like you said, him stretching uh, Leicester's defense so far, just like drew center backs out of position. It, it forced like some full backs to stay back. It, it was really interesting because like you said, there's no answer yeah. uh, for him at all.
1: Yep. Yeah. second half started, still 1-0 Newcastle. Leicester definitely took a little turn for the better. They were dominating the first 10 minutes of the second half. Um, and then we had a beautiful moment, which I thought we were going to see too. Uh, Fabian Chair is really good, y'all. That's that's another spoiler. He takes oh, yeah. the ball from the half halfway line, and he probably beat five defenders on the ball, and then passed it to Amron, Who this is probably the one mistake that Amran did should have scored. He put it over the bar.
2: I mean, you, yeah. you got to finish that one and he got so excited yeah. <laughs> it was a, it that happens in fifa all the time you're like oh oh you it's a tap in all you got to do is just oh, tap, tap the b button and you just like smash it in excitement yeah, that's ex- he wanted to put that in the roof of the net too. yeah just like unsavable uh like. that
1: was that was beautiful work by share oh my gosh he's so good um and then the rest of the match it, it was it was all the, it kind of went back and forth from there we had another chance 76 minute, it was Perez almost got a second, and like he's doing, like he was splitting defenders on the dribble, which like he loses the ball so often, I mean especially oh, in the yeah. box, but now I'm seeing Perez, maybe it's the confidence maybe maybe something's clicked with him but, I mean he I remember him taking the ball on our own side and split two Leicester defenders at a very tight angle, just split them on the dribble and then continued out the field and made a, made a through ball pass, and I was like wait, what? Is that Jose Perez doing this? So this one, this play from him credited to Rondon because Rondon, every time he touched the ball, it seemed amazing too. He it was an amazing ball by him, played it to Perez, and he dribbled past his man and tried to dink it over Schmeichel, but uh, he saved it on a tight angle. I mean, Schmeichel was on his game, um, but we could have had a few goals on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and then the, the second, I mean, the end of it, the end of the match, like you felt like, like it was your typical Newcastle, we're up one, nothing, this can't go well type of scenario. But honestly, like we, they, they handled themselves pretty well to end the game. Do, any thoughts on that?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, there were, there were moments where, um, where Lester looked threatening and they'd get a guy inside, but there was like, as soon as the guy would cut inside the box. Especially coming down Mankyo's side, um, they cut inside the box, and like immediately there was like Sharon Lascelles like just there, yeah. Like just like there was nothing for the person to do. Like the, the any passing lanes were in the middle. Like, any passing lanes in the middle were just kind of clogged. There were a couple chances that they had where their final balls were poor, um, but there. I mean, at, at at this at that stage in the match, it's like there's kind of no excuse for you to have a. A, a poor final ball given like the amount of times like Lester, the amount of, the amount of possession Lester had, the amount of opportunities they could have had going forward. They just like, there were some balls they create, they, they played that just like, if they were better balls, they would have been goals. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, my analysis is like, literally it was a tactical masterclass from Rafa. I mean, he put us, I mean, we had Leicester had 72% possession and they had one more shot than us. And the same amount of shots on goal. Like that's like, I mean, that's a tactical masterclass. Like, there's no way that we should have 28%, uh, 28% possession and be able to get that many chances. It's just like, the mat- it, that's accredited to the manager. It's, it's pretty amazing when you get to see that. And especially on a club that, I mean, three or four of their players are probably valued at our entire club's worth. So it's just yep. it's amazing that that is a possibility. Like, imagine if Steve McLaren was our manager for this match. We'd lose 3-1, 4-0. Like,
2: you know what I
0: mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. The difference is more than people realize sometimes,
2: and that was just so amazing. And I think that's the frustrating thing is that um, if you you look at guys, the players we should be able to sign and should be competing with other clubs for, and, like, there are some guys we've come up against, uh, like uh, Sari from Fulham, uh, Yuri Telemans, who are, like, considered oh, yeah, nice young talents, and it's, like, they've played decently uh, this season, but you just, like, wonder, like, how good would they be underneath Rafa? Yeah. Like, how good would Telemans be in that, like, creative holding midfielder position where it's, like, every week we're kind of wondering, is Shelby going to be there? Is Key going to be there? Like, Telemans yeah. would boss bossed that role um, under, under Rafa and under the guidance of, of someone like Rafa, but it's, like... I feel like he's being underutilized. And series a probably even worse example because Fulham have been so bad. <laughs> yeah. um, I just can't wait for him to get out of that. Yep, agreed. Uh, going to some quotes, Rafa said, It was a good game against a
1: good team. We did very well. Our players worked hard. This relationship between, between the players and fans means a lot to us. The players and fans try to do their best. As a coach, you always have a game plan. You can prepare however you want, but it depends on the players to make the difference. The problem against James Madison or Jamie Vardy is you have to concentrate from the first minute to the last. We are really pleased with the clean sheet and three points. You have to enjoy today and be ready for the next one. Very good point. Like we're facing off against two of the best attacking players in the Premier League, and we got a clean sheet on the road. That's insane.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I can't speak highly enough of that stuff. Um, I mean, yeah. And if there's there's ever a manager that, you know – can end a a new manager's successful run in the Premier League to Rafa Benitez because it's just like tactically he's just so far above so many other managers in the the Premier League that like Brandon Rodgers knew exactly what he was going to get and talked about it and still couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I think that's the most surprising thing to me is that like when you have a manager literally go and say, well, this is what Newcastle are going to do. Newcastle does that and Leicester still had no answer for it. It's like you've had all week to prepare for this, and you just still cannot address it. Yep. Um,
1: Some stats for you. So our worst Premier League season road wins is is two. We've never won less than two games on the road. Uh, We had two Premier League road wins going into this match, so we are officially better than our worst road season ever. In the Premier League, uh, so that's our it's our third win of the season. We had four last year, just as a reference. Um, pretty cool. It, it was the we scored for the thirteenth time away from home, to to beat our lowest ever Premier League total of twelve goals on the road. So look at that. No no record breakers on the road this season for us. Iose um, scored his eighth goal of the season and seventh in the Premier League. 28th Premier League strike, moved him above Craig Bellamy, and level with Obafemi
2: Martins. Crazy. Crazy right. company. Yeah. Uh, it a big move to the MLS next?
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's go. Um, yeah, you know, imagine if he was on LAFC. <laughs> you
2: know, yeah, they would, they actually they'd lose. be. Yeah, uh, they actually wouldn't. would be really good. Yeah, I'm thinking about like other other situations where it's like, he could go, like, look at, like, Dom Dwyer going to Orlando City where it's, like, he went from being a really productive player to, like, not being that much a productive player because of the personnel around him. Yeah. And I think that could happen with Iose. It's, like, he sent him to MLS and chuck him on, like, like I don't know, San Jose, and he's just, like, not going to be good. Yeah. But if you put him on LAFC, then, like, he's going to be outstanding. But that's, that's a whole nother deep dive. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, 538 predicts how the rest of the season will go. So they actually increased our end of point total at to 43 points. We're currently at 38. So they think in the last four matches they realistically see us getting five points from it. Which five points and four? I'm pretty sure all of us will be okay with that, because um, that means we have yeah. we have a win in it. <laughs>
2: um, and I have to I have to say this. I'm I'm honestly oh, it, this is something that's come up a lot. And, and I'm now only understanding why. But uh like people are, are picking Newcastle to kinda like possibly be a team that spoils Liverpool's title run and i and to this point I was like like why? Who like that's like that like I mean, who else do they play? And I just looked and it actually does make sense. They yeah. play Cardiff, Huddersfield, Us and the Wolves and so it Newcastle could be uh that could be a game to, to pay attention to. Yeah. I mean, consider.
1: I, I mean, when one. we beat Man City on the road, any literally anything is now possible with us. So yeah. <laughs> you can't it's rule true. it out.
2: <laughs> you you so, honestly you can't.
1: They have us above. Obviously, Huddersfield, Fulham. They have, still have Cardiff getting relegated, and then Brighton, Burnley, and then it's us. So um, they have Southampton finishing same amount of points as us, but better on goal difference. Um, so we have less than a 1% chance of getting relegated. Exactly what we'd like to see. Hopefully uh, we can finish that off here pretty quickly. All right. Um, best and worst player.
2: Uh, we'll start with the worst. We'll finish with the best. Do you have a worst player? Um, I mean, not, not really.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of unfair to say worst. Because um, I think every one of our players performed well
2: yeah um i would say this um i think i i i think i liked i liked Mankio. um i think i would i think i was very close to having him as my worst player for the like first forty five minutes yeah because he looked so lost and like just like just there was a moment there was a huge cross field switch and like he just like he was absent <laughs> He was no. He, he was he was there. It's like bounced off of him and just went out of bounds. Oh, I was like, oh, I'm thinking gosh. of a different different play where oh, yeah. he just wasn't oh, no. there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's one. Yeah, there. exactly. And so it just seemed like he wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, I, I thought. I mean, as the match went on, he got a little bit more involved offensively. Yeah, that that's a good point.
1: His so. second half, like I was not happy. Like I thought it was really bad first half for him, and he played very well in the second half, especially defensively. You didn't yeah. you didn't see any mistakes. He. Pretty much cleaned it up. And and really for the match is only, well, he actually in the second half, he almost gave away a penalty. So that would have been brutal. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but,
2: and it was just both right both right backs can get you a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know.
1: Though. Uh, glad
2: that didn't happen.
1: But uh, best player, mine. So I just because I, I really do want to say Perez. But I, I'm going to say Perez because I, I don't think I've ever done this before. I'm going to
2: give it to Perez. You um, have. Huh? You you definitely have. I've
1: given him best player?
2: Yes. You made a whole big shebang about it. it oh, was like, yeah. The first... It was like in the fall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well. You were like, I'm giving it to, and then you, made, uh, you had this long pause, uh, and then okay. you were like, Iose Perez. And I was just a little confused, because <laughs> I was just like, All right, then I'm why g- is he pausing? I'm giving it to Cher. Okay. I mean, he was <laughs> out of his mind.
1: Again, there's a there's a video montage. If you just search on Twitter, just search Fabian Share versus Lester, and just watch it. Like it's like two minutes yeah. long. Holy crap! You're like, this guy was worth three million pounds. Like what? Yeah, he's just, so good.
2: I think there's and there, there's more there's more national you know soccer Twitter accounts and not publications yet that are are I mean recognizing how good he is. And I think part of it was the Friday night football yeah yeah the uh, international audience type of thing yeah and then yeah and then of course you get the wonder goal and all that kind of stuff but then people are realizing that like it's not that wasn't a fluke yeah (laughs) like he he does do that from time to time um i'm excited for a full healthy season with him next season uh hopefully fingers crossed yes um my best player uh you know i think that there's some obvious answers i think um, I actually tweeted out from the CHN Radio account that uh, that if you're insane, if you haven't, if you haven't rated Almarone, Ron Don, and Prez and Richie uh, for having really really good matches for this one or something like that, because um, Richie Richie also played well. Um, yeah, I shout out to him because I I, I I criticize him a lot he, online and on this podcast for being inconsistent or doing stupid things or just mishitting hitting crosses, uh, but. Yeah, he, he played he played well. Yeah, um, he really did. Yeah, uh, so um, good for him. But uh, my actually, I was thinking about it, um, especially after rewatching some match highlights. Uh, Dubrovka, my best player. Ooh, um, I like that because he had uh, he had like three really good saves that were just like sure goals. It was similar to Schmeichel, where like Schmeichel like kept out like two or three, yeah. it was just, like those were goals. And Dubrovka did the same thing like there was there was like a vardy chance there was a they had another young white guy who I don't know some winger i didn't actually realize lester had such a young team there were like eight guys in that starting 11 who were like under the age of 22 which is insane um but yeah and he had like there was just a couple really good saves he made and just one on one situations where like we had a rare lapse in defense and then he just he saved our butt um both before and after the goal and then you look at the last the last 10 minutes just uh, he didn't really make a mistake at all, even though the last, like, you could probably say the last eight minutes, including stoppage time, were just, like, Lester just sending everyone forward. They had, like, Michael take a free kick at some point. Like, it was just bizarre. So, um, wow. yeah, that Dubrovka, congrats. Yeah, so I, I just
1: looked on who scored to see their player ratings. They have five Newcastle players with a 7.5 or higher rating, which is really good. Um, the five players are Lascelles, Richie, Perez, Dubravka, and Cher. So yeah, uh, that and and Dubravka had an 8.09, which is really good, and Cher yeah, had an 8.15. Insane.
2: That's yeah, really good. Um, so yeah, I mean that's good. That's good. You were you reward good defenders and good goalkeepers for clean sheets. Yeah, and, I mean I'm glad. I think that's what we just did. Yeah, unintentionally too.
1: Yeah, again, on the road too
2: in the good, Premier League. Good. <laughs> i meant us doing it unintentionally like i don't think we planned to give a share and then like i don't think you know i was going to give it to profit. i didn't think you're going to give it to share i thought you're going to say like Almiron or rondon when you didn't say prez so i don't yeah. know yeah um for us.
1: yeah good for us we're really good um yeah, well
2: don't don't get too cocky.
1: <laughs> that's how you start to fail i love it <laughs> our uh the league table we are in 15th place right now with 38 points Something to watch though. Um, Southampton are behind us by two points, but they also have a game in hand. And Brighton is five points behind us, but they have two games in hand. So something to look out for there. Um, we are ten points ahead of Cardiff for relegation. So with with a possible twelve points to go, so a win a win this weekend against Southampton and a loss to Cardiff City will be enough. For safety. Oh wait, no. Cardiff has a game in hand too, so I lied. Yeah. Um. So it won't. It won't be enough. Um. But either way, Cardiff to 10, still have to ten make points. Main run yeah. I mean, Cardiff. Yeah. Essentially, has to run the table. Um. On the top, really interesting stuff. Liverpool is in first with eighty-five points. Two points behind them is Man City, but Man City have a game in hand. Uh. Nobody else is close. Spurs are third. Arsenal fourth. Chelsea, fifth. Man United, six. So, between third and sixth place are three points. So, anything could happen there. That's going to be fun to watch because you have Champions League places on the line. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool stuff. We'll get into questions, but we are going to take one more break. Hi, Elijah. Hello. I missed you. Oh,
2: well, feeling is not really mutual. Okay,
1: all right. Okay. Well, you know it's late on the East Coast, so. Uh. <laughs>
2: uh, oh, that's not the reason why. I just, I just. Oh, you I, don't have to.
1: Oh man, you said it. You yeah. said it.
2: Yeah. You said it.
1: Okay. Well, keep I'll humble. just try to move on here. But um, yeah. Cool. Um,
2: questions. Questions. We have one. I have. I have one. I have. I have two. But we'll sandwich mine. So we'll lead with my easier question. Okay. Uh, which is. And by the way, I just want people to know, for the record, Greg, like, usually if I do questions, he doesn't know what I'm going to ask. No. So just for the second one, just know that this is going to just completely blindside Greg. <laughs> um, so uh, great. This is great podcasting stuff. The first one is one Greg does know. Um, Roberto Rojas, uh, our friend, he tweeted out today, um, what, what, a poll. Uh, what would you rather wear? Uh, what should you wear to the airport or something like that? Um, and it was, um, sweatpants or jeans. Um, and I want your thoughts, uh, sweatpants or jeans in the airport. Um, and then I'll give you the poll results. I'll give you my thoughts as well. Okay.
1: I'm, I'm, this is an easy one for me. I'm a, as I've become an adult in college, it was different. I know Roberto is either just graduated or graduating in like a few weeks. He is graduating. Yes. Yeah. So college was, was definitely different, but, um, I do not go in public wearing sweatpants. I just don't do I like I'm against doing that because like I want to at least look somewhat presentable and I feel like sweatpants just doesn't do that. So yeah, so it's an easy jeans for me. I just won't do that in public.
2: I think yeah, I, I think part of it is that there's a there's a generational gap with the word sweatpants because I obviously interpreted Roberto's sweatpants as joggers and it's hard to look oh, like, slob wearing joggers. Okay. Because, well that's yeah. okay yeah yeah i just think because like right now any if you buy sweatpants like from a store like if you're a millennial like your default is to just buy a tapered jogger fit as a male because that is just what is popular right now so i'm this is speaking from someone who's the same age as roberto yeah but i could see where you're coming from because i'm like like your generation sweatpants are like baggier like you actually would look like a slob if you're just walking (laughs) around with like baggy sweatpants and a hoodie um, or you would just look like a basic white girl. Oh. <laughs> for yeah, That was good. One. Got a zinger there. Yeah. Um, what did the people but, say? Uh, uh, the people are saying sweatpants. Um, I, I'm in the same boat as as, as the people uh, just because, one, I'm 21. Um, but I could see uh, the argument for wearing anything but sweatpants. Um, I think if I tend to travel somewhere and it's – even if, if the trip itself is not for leisure, then I – i find myself subconsciously not wearing sweatpants so i'll wear especially if it's like i i when i land i have to do something right yeah, so yeah. If, if i'm going to a place and i'm landing and i'm like all right i know i'm either going to dinner with someone or i'm going to like a meeting then i'll wear like khakis or whatever or mm-hmm. chinos or jeans or whatever but um but for the sake of like comfort as well as practicality sweatpants because you want to make that security process as swift as possible <laughs> So, like, I don't even wear, like, I, you know, I don't wear my jacket in airports. Like, even if it's, like, negative 10 outside, I will not wear my jacket in airports because, like, that's just, like, another layer of things I have to take off during security. And with jeans, I don't want to take off a belt. So, there you go.
1: See, that doesn't bother me as much.
2: Yeah. I'm a lazy millennial. (laughs) Actually, I'm not even a millennial. I'm a Gen Y. I'm lazy. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Yeah. You're a lazy millennial. There we are. (laughs) And there's a All lot right. of speculation. Is Roberto coming to Newcastle? The answer is yes. Yeah. So, it's a yes. speculation ended. Yeah. Um, you have a next question. No, no. You can do Trevor's question and then we'll do my okay. last question.
1: Um, yeah. So that puts it in. Trevor Mooney, the official questionnaire, of CHN Radio, says, uh, What's more likely to happen first? Number one, Perez gets caught up to the Spain national team. Number two, Tiger wins his 13th green jacket. Or three, Elon Musk steps foot on Mars. Oh,
2: So what's more likely to happen first? Newcastle in a Champions League spot. Is that what you said?
1: No. Oh. Perez gets caught up to Spain. Tiger wins his 13th green jacket. And Elon Musk steps foot on Mars. Why did I just put Champions
2: League spot in there? Um, (laughs) Oof. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So that means um,
1: Tiger just won his fifth. So he'll have to win seven more. <laughs> so I'm ruling that out. Um, so Elon stepping
2: on Mars or Perez getting called up to Spain. Um, it, you know what? Honestly, it, it'll probably be Spain. Like, in even like, even if you, I would actually pick Perez getting called up to Spain over Tiger winning his next Masters. Oh yeah, see, I, I would take Tiger. No, this is why I would take Perez because, because there's a every, I think every so often uh, when Spain does their call ups they just do they just take a bunch of flyers that you like even you know there's good Spanish players out there but it's like guys you don't know who like do well in Spain for like middle of the road La Liga sides um, and so that's how like if Perez were to get sold and go to a La Liga team um, that I think that it's a possibility he gets a call up. Will he play? I don't know, but that happened. Uh, for example, I went to Spain's most recent uh, international match, and they played uh, Malta. Um, and they called up a guy, Sergio Canales. Who have you heard of him before? No, no, me neither. But he's just a um, he's just a mid leaguer. Um, sorry, a mid leaguer, a midfielder that plays for Real Batiste. They just called him up because he was doing well. He was in form. So if if like. Like, I just think, especially during during the year, like, not for qualifying stuff, Spain just, like, takes flyers on guys and, like, just gives them an opportunity. Almost as reward for playing in La Liga. And Spanish fans, people who are La Liga fans enjoy that as well. Because they don't want to see the same names over and over. Um, so, yeah. I, okay. I, I think that is why it's more possible. And it's, actually, and it's so hard to win the Masters. It's so hard to win a major, especially... Like, it, this was insane that Tiger won this Masters. Um, if you look at – it was like uh, Scott Van Pel gave this stat when he was doing an interview. In the top ten with eight of the top 15 golfers in the world. And they were all, like, within two or three strokes from Tiger. So it's just, like, insane that he won the Masters. I just think it's just really hard to win major tournaments in golf, obviously. Yeah. So And I think it's objectively easier to get called up to the spain national team given the right circumstances and those circumstances can be created for iose this summer all right well i'm going with elon musk (laughs) okay hold that to say i'm going with elon (laughs) musk that was something yeah all right so uh this this is one for greg uh so um today uh there was a match that went viral it kind of went under the radar because of uh, just a lot of things going on in sport today, and a lot of news. Uh, um, obviously, like Notre Dame, that that thing that occurred there. Um, the president's giving the Medal of Freedom to Tiger Woods. There was a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff that happened today. So this kind of flew under the radar unless you're a soccer nut. Um, and uh, Adelana played Empoli in a Serie A match. Did you hear about this? No. Um, so, um, so. Uh to give you the stats, Atlanta had 60% of possession um and 40% of uh of uh, 40% of it went to Empoli. Um oh, Atlanta yeah. had four Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I I go to school. Yeah. Um Atlanta had 47 shots. 18 of them on target. 38 chances created and expected goals of 5.86 and the match ended 0-0.
1: No way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. In and, and that just, that was, and it was that's like
1: when we just played Crystal Palace, same thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, I mean, it's not the same thing because know, that I is know, like actually insane. Like, uh, it that is so tough, and, and just, just, and it was just like I don't know. Like, there's there's nothing you can do. The keeper for na- for Empoli had 17 saves. <laughs> like, like that is actually that's like I I don't know what to do to that. Um, that's how many but, saves Huddersfield's um, keeper had all season. Oh, um, but, uh, but that being said, um, that kind of leads me to this next question because obviously if you're watching this match, you're seeing, um, and and you have to remember it's Serie A. So it's very tactically driven. You're seeing essentially, I'm assuming beautiful football, um, and creating all these chances and very free flowing match, um, because it wasn't insane. Like it was still 60, 40 in possession. So it's not insanely one sided. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's the most like underwhelming sporting event you can think of in uh, that you've seen in recent in recent history?
1: Oh, most underwhelming sporting event that I've yeah, been like to?
2: it was gassed up. You thought it was going to be great, and then just like the result was just like meh. Oh man, that I that I've been to live. No, not been to, just seen. Ah oh, man. Um this
1: year's Super Bowl,
2: yeah, I would say the same thing. <laughs> it was
1: pretty boring that was bad, yeah,
2: that was boring um, yeah, so the Super Bowl, in case you've been living underneath the rock or you're british um you had literally like one of the best offenses we've seen in recent history um who's been absolutely dominant over the past two seasons in LA Rams. Like, think of it as, like, basically, like, Man City. Just, like, actually, it's very similar to this title race. You had, like, Liverpool. We'll say, we'll say the Rams were Liverpool, where it's like, all right, this is a very, this is a good offense. They're dominant, but they've only been kind of dominant recently. And you had, like, the Patriots, who were like Man City, who it's like, all right, well, every year they win the title. And it's like, all right, it's kind of boring. And you have the coaching. They have, like, they have the best coaching in the league. They have, like, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Or in, in this case, they have one of the best goal scorers. And it will probably go down in one of the best goal scorers in Premier League history and Sergio Aguero, blah, blah, blah. And just the match ended just – it was just a terrible, terrible. yeah like in, in just like,
1: Premier League terms, Man City won easily, and Liverpool never really like had a
2: chance. it. Would be the equivalent of like this title race is so exciting, and then Liverpool just lost the last four games. Yeah, and like and, it and was, like, like didn't score. You, like yeah, just like they lost all their matches like one game. Yeah, like and everyone just bunkered against them and got set piece goals. Yeah, like, yeah, and you're just like, well, this sucks. And you, everyone's tuning into them every weekend. Like it's just really crappy. games. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, another one that, that uh, was like that, um, it was kind of for a funny reason. Um, the NBA Finals gonna, last year as well? NBA Finals last year. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the NBA Finals, we all kind of, I don't know, we all kind of expected. Yeah, but they, they to, hype it up so much. That's true, that's true. Um, here's one, uh, Notre Dame-Alabama National Championship in football, where um, – it was controversial, and we had such a good SEC championship game. So, sorry, Greg, yeah. to pull on that that, that one. But basically, Jordan-Alabama played, like, one of the best SEC championship games um, to that point, like, ever. Uh, and ended on a last-minute play, blah, blah, blah. And, like, just lo and behold, amazing football. And then the actual national championship uh, was against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame just got destroyed by Alabama. Yeah. It was just boring, was gross, and everyone was like... The actual national championship was the Bama-Georgia game. Yeah, So that's another one for me that, yeah, sucked. But, yeah. All righty. That's all I got for you. That's it? Yeah. All right. I guess I should apologize. Um, If people were confused earlier when I was talking about Rondon uh, being a a steal, uh, that was just a random tangent. Not really that much related to the goal because that was definitely a Ritchie cross that resulted in the Almiron goal. Yeah. But just – Um, That was just food for thought.
1: Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes episode 55 of CHN Radio. Please like our podcast, share, tell your friends, subscribe, and rate us five stars. It means a whole lot. If you have any feedback for us, you can tweet at us. You can email us at... CHN radio and UFC at gmail.com. Uh, we love all of your feedback, good or bad, so we look forward to hearing more of that. And we bid you farewell and Hawaii the lots.
0: The last factory and up to the job in a deal. Just can't endure to the railway bridge, the bus will flow off there. The lasses lost the crinolines and the bales that hide their faces. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gammon to bleed and raises. the wheel put on the way we went again. But them that had their noses broke, they came back our yen. Some went to the dispensary and some to Dr. Gibbs's and some to the infirmary to mend their broken ribs's. Oh! There was Bonnie Gamble, there was four and twenty on the bus, man, Who danced and sung. They called on me to sing a song, and I sang the "Paddy's and I danced the jig and swung me twig the day I went to play them. to blade and tune the bellman he was carrying there they carried him Jackie broom i saw him taking to some chips and then he was persuaded the guns he jordy riddle he showed the mechanics howl at blade and Johnny had a white hat on. They yelled, "We stole the cuddy. There was spice dolls and monkey shoes and ad wives selling And The chap with the hatney's own debauches and no, lads, for riders.